This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 529, recorded on March 31st, 2022. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska, not quite San Francisco, California, but we'll talk about that here in a second. And of course, we'll post some, some show notes, and tonight uh, probably we'll have a few uh, after the show for you out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Tonight, I have Cody Sodine with us. He's the designer, engineer, CEO, co-founder, uh, and uh, overseas product development for, for Carl Water. And uh, Cody, a welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Great to have you. Yeah, Jim. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We're looking forward to uh, getting into the nitty gritty here. Yeah, you know, you're, the the device we're going to talk about, your 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 Cara Pure device, fits right into the Home Gadget Geeks world. This is one of these things we're seeing more and more of these kind of water water purification, in your case, water creation devices make their way. They're getting more sophisticated. They're getting more gadgety. They're getting apps associated with them, like whatever, right? Um, uh, at Gallup, we just had a summit last uh, last year. We gave everybody these water bottles that tracks the amount that you drink, and then it buzzes you during the day if you're not drinking enough water, those kinds of things. And so you're in the water business. Let's take a second to get to know you a little bit. Can you give me a little bit on your background and and just a little bit of how you ended up where you're at today? Yeah, totally happy to. So now my background, um, I'll start with my professional career. Before I transitioned into car water, um, you know, I had always wanted to be an architect growing up and um, went to school for architecture, which is actually where I came up with this idea for car water when I was in my second year, my sophomore year. Um, and went to school for architecture, graduated, and then I went to work right in New York City. Luckily, got a great job at one of the biggest firms, KPF, and um, was able to work on the largest project, well, the largest development in New York history since the Rockefeller Center, which is Hudson Yards. Um, that was straight into the fire, but it was great. Mm -hmm. Good learning experience. Did that for two years. Mm -hmm. And then I went to, uh, had an opportunity in London um, to, it was actually like a temporary placing somebody who was supposed to be the permanent person. I ended up becoming the permanent person, stayed there for four years in London, helped build out the first ever international branch for my architectural consulting firm that I worked for. I was 22 and helped build that out, client facing, production, admin, hiring, whatever you could think of, I had to do it um, and did that for four years. Um, in 2018, I replaced myself as the, well, I wouldn't say I was the director, but I was proposed director. I didn't want to be because I wanted to a full-time on car water, hired the director, and then left uh, the company to go full-time on Car Water. And that was again, 2018, mm -hmm. um, 2019, you know, I, I, during 2018, I took a lot of time to really, really develop the company, no longer just the technology. Over the previous years, I had spent a lot of time developing the technology. I spent 11 years doing this so far now. Um, so it's been a long way coming. So really happy to get here, finally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you you released a product on Indiegogo um, late last year, right? And and it's now, and we're going to talk some more about that. But congratulations! Like, it's not easy to get a prod, you know, to get a product all the way from an idea to a concept to engineered to developed, built, deployed, sold, right? All those things. Are you sleeping at all? Are you getting any sleep? It. Uh, <laughs> I mean. You know, I was just I was just saying I want to get my first tattoo to commemorate all the nights and evenings and days and years that I, I didn't sleep building this company. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, let's let's um, let's talk a little bit about this. Let me show this device so people know what we're talking about. Um, just I'm just streaming the video right off your website at, at Carl Water. Or, yeah, Carl Water. K A R A W A T E R dot com. Can you talk a little bit about this this device that we're seeing here? Yeah, I would love to. This was actually our first ever professional video that we did. And I remember I had to find the actors, find the producers, find the editors, all of it. It was fantastic. Find the location. It was great. Um, but the product itself, uh, Car Pure, 
takes humidity from the air and produces uh, alkaline drinking water from it. So alkaline mineral drinking water from it. And again, that was by choice. Primarily it produces drinking water purely, but we wanted to make it a very, very healthy drinking water as people just don't drink enough water. So we wanted to make sure you're getting something good when you drink it. Um, so the technology itself is really, really cool. I mean, there's, we can get into it a little bit later, but two different ways to do this. There's compressor, which is like refrigerant. So you get to the dew point by lowering the temperature and you condense the water. We use desiccants. And a desiccant is like a little packets in your shoebox that keep the box dry. Mm. And that's a natural phenomenon that enacts van der Waal forces to like a magnet, positive and negative water and the molecule it attaches to attract like a magnet and it captures the water out of the air just from airflow. So that's what we employ. So it's highly sustainable. It's a lot quieter and it's, uh, it's also a lot more affordable compared to well, I say the technology itself there is just better for the environment, which is great. Now, wait a minute. Those little packets that we get inside of our tech gear to keep things, those aren't snacks. I thought those were snacks. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's funny when I thought about the same thing, when I first started doing research into this technology and you know why they say not to eat it. It's not that they, um, it's not that the, it's silica. Silica has, it's not harmful. It's the most abundant element on earth. What is harmful is that they add cobalt to silica. Mm. So it turns blue so that, you know, it's wet. So the cobalt is actually what's harmful, not the silica. This is the harmful process. Well, that's my kids said that joke to me at Christmas time uh, that we opened something, one of those packets fell out, and they were like snacks, and we all thought that was the funniest. <laughs> I'd never, I had never heard that before. Um, so when when you mentioned on the website, you mentioned this kind of the 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 alkaline or the the what you're made. Why is that? Why is that important? Like, why, why can't, what, isn't all water the same? But why is that important to you? That's a great point. You know, we always have to defend that point. And I, myself, I'm not a, I'm not a fad person. I'm not a person that likes to be, do trendy things. I don't wear name brand anything. Um, so when we understood that what people were looking for was healthy water, and we looked into it and we see that there's the Essentias of the world, there's the Fiji waters of the world. And these guys sell million, multi hundred million dollars a year of bottled water. And if that's who we got at work, if that's who we're competing against, you know, to reduce plastic all the waste, we had to match that, right? So we did some, di some deeper dive research into alkaline water. And I don't mean by like WebMD or like, you know, Health Magazine. I'm talking about like scientific studies that were peer reviewed you know, from credible sources. And I, you know, wanted to make sure that I could defend any claim that I put out there. And I didn't want to put something out there that wasn't defensible. So, you know, one of the claims about uh, uh, alkaline water and um, the ability to reduce the acidity, the acidic environment in your body. This is the simplest way I like to put it. You know, if you eat acidic foods, drink a lot of coffee, eat a lot of meat, you get acid reflux, you get heartburn, right? Plain and simple. We all know this is a common thing. The inverse of acidic is alkaline. So if you drink a lot of alkaline water or have an alkaline diet, you reduce the acidity in your body, which can reduce heartburn, which can reduce acid reflux. It's the most simple way to explain it when it comes to the ability to you know, have an alkaline diet or drink alkaline water. There's tons of other benefits. That's the easiest way I like to explain it. And is there, are there any processes, walk us through kind of from the, cause you're, you're pulling this out of the air. I mean, what if I'm in Arizona mm -hmm. and it's a naturally dry climate, you're there in San Francisco, you have the benefits of, of the fog rolling in on a fairly regular basis. It's pretty, you know, high humidity there. It, is it better in humidity and in, in high humid environments versus maybe something that's dry? Talk a little bit about that process. Yeah, totally. So, you know, we understand that this is a environmentally driven technology. It just what it's a pure fact, but that's actually not a, it's not like a, it's not a negative for us. It's actually a positive because then it tells us, well, where can we sell it to? What's the best place that can help a lot of people that's to sell this to? And uh, you know, places like Florida, Texas, California, were some of our best areas that we sold into. Then we have places that you wouldn't think about like Vancouver. It's super humid in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Great, great place that's sold into. Iceland is actually super humid. Parts of Germany, like Hamburg, are super humid. Mm. Australia coast, super humid. We had a lot of great traffic in these areas. And these places, what you find where there's a lot of humidity because of sea or lake is that there's actually not a lot of access to clean drinking water, mm. right? Which is weird because of contamination or pollution. 
um, just because there's some con conservation on yeah. some of their water, right? So we find that actually these are the best places mm -hmm. that need it. Think about like Thailand or China, something like that. They have poor water quality, but they have a lot of water, a lot of access to it, but yeah. just poor water quality or poor infrastructure for that reason too. How much water in, so I'm imagining, um, you know, you, you mentioned like 10 liters a day. Is that pretty dependent upon the humidity that's around you and the drier environments? Is that going to drop down? How, kind of how does that work? Yeah, that's, we get that question a lot. It's probably, and you know, as I answer this question more and as more we, uh, you know, are able to observe the product in use, we learn a lot more from it. So what I used, the good, the answer is that, but what we used to say was, you know, yes, between 16, 80% humidity, you'll get roughly 10 liters of water. That's what you have for the day. What we find more of now, that's still, you know, the true fact of it is it's not about the 10 liters. It's about how much are you going to use those 10 mm -hmm. liters per day? So if you're at not work from home, you go to an office every day, or you have to go to work, or you are out gym, or if you're out with friends, whatever it may be, it's still making water. So if you're home for half the day, it's typically full. By the time you get home, you may drink one or two liters for the evening. You know, I, I have a house of six. Yeah. We would constantly use it, never ran out. And I was, I would never even mention to the people that were using it, like how much water that was there. Cause I wanted to actually see myself. Is this going to run out? Never had, never, never did. Mm. And we always host a guest and all those things never ran out. So that was more of what we see is how much is someone going to use this? And will it always be making water? No, actually, we found that it was mainly in standby, almost always full. Hmm. Hmm. Reason being is that people don't drink enough yeah. water. <laughs> You're right. We we right. are we're habitually <laughs> dehydrated, right? I mean, we we just don't we just don't drink. It, it's it's amazing. We live in a in a country where, for the most part, and there's exceptions now, and it's getting worse. And and mm -hmm. I think you know this is this can address something like that, but where clean water is accessible just about everywhere, and yet we're we're horribly dehydrated all the time. It's one of those you know I totally. mentioned we gave out a water bottle at our conference, and it tracks you know when you fill it up and how often you drink, and then it you can set some drinking goals. Which I was like, do we re do we really need goals for water? But yeah, apparently we do, and uh, and it reminds yeah. you, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, um, hey, you haven't you haven't had enough water. You, you mentioned, um, you know, you think about, you compared, you know, we had, we had the guys at Flow Water on last summer and they filter, heavily filter groundwater and, yep. and you're pulling it from the air it, and still filtering it. First of all, talk a little bit about the filtering process. What are you doing? Cause there's a lot of crap in the air too, right? I mean, it's not the cleanest, <laughs> that's not the cleanest place in the world anymore. <laughs> So talk a little bit about yeah, what you're yeah. doing filtering and how that's different than ground filtering. Sure. And that's a major point of why people buy car pure actually. And I'll get into that. So, and, you know, think of it scientifically when things evaporate, not everything becomes airborne. So most of the heavy metals or dirts or things that are in groundwater don't actually become airborne when water evaporates, it becomes more pure. Yes. Some things through winds will get picked up into the air and air movement. Um, or, you know, just natural exhaust of things. So what we do is we first have an air intake filter. It's a large particle filter. So that removes anything large particle. It's more like your dryer, how your dryer can like keep dust from getting out of your dryer um, or going to somewhere it shouldn't and right. building up. Then second to that, which is very unique to what we have in our products compared to refrigerant-based technology, because we use desiccant, um, you know, as I mentioned, it naturally captures water from the air it works towards equilibrium. So it'll get as saturated as the humidity is in the room. So what you need to do is you have to keep drying it out, regenerating it. The process of regeneration is with the heating process. So the heating process continually keeps that desiccant very, very dry so that as you pass air over it, you continually can absorb water out of the air. Um, it's a direct formula. So as you heat it, you have to imagine that it has to be at some level of steam temperature for steam, which is around 100 degrees Celsius. At 100 degrees Celsius, it kills viruses, bacteria, and germs in the air. Mm -hmm. So as you're steaming it, you're technically creating distilled water that then passively condenses into the tank. So technically, it's distilled water, and it's also a really, really powerful air purifier that uses age-old technology of heat to kill viruses and bacteria in the air. Mm. How often, because it's doing all that, how often do I have to change internal components to 
to kind of keep it clean. Yeah, so we, with the background in architecture, I've had a lot of heavy focus on user experience um, when designing Car Pure. And I really wanted to, I always tell this, I remember like, you know, you have your refrigerator that pours water and then you lose your mind when you go to try to change your filter because you think it's going to break. You're just positive you're going to break it. It's never going to work again. You have this bad experience, the user experience. So in Car Pure, their filter, the air filter, is uh, cleanable by vacuum. You don't have to take it out. You can just take a vacuum to it. You just take the vacuum to the inside of it. The door opens on the back hinge. There's no screwdrivers, no wrenches, no tools required. You can just open it with a key that comes and take a vacuum to it. That's also the same for the filters. As the filters need to be changed, you don't have to open anything up with a screwdriver or take any screws out. You just There's a twist-off filter. Twist it off, get the new ones, pop them in, twist it back on, slides, it like folds back down on a hinge, and you're done. That's that Super sounds pretty, that sounds pretty simple to get that done. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was the point. So just to answer your question, yeah. that component that absorbs the water and uh, you know kills the virus and bacteria has a five to seven year lifespan, and it only has a five percent degradation over those five years to seven years. That's pretty long. That's and and yeah. for most people, it's on it's on all the time. It's creating let's just say between five and 10 liters a day, if it's being used pretty constantly, maybe different. Does it, if it's not being used, so if it fills up and shuts off, I'm assuming you're, you could get a little bit more life if that's going to be kind of, um, you know, if that's going to be a standard, if it's going to be, you know, maybe weekend use or something like that, maybe last a little bit. Would that be true? Yeah, for the most part, you know, the filters are actually rated for 6,000 liters. But we, regardless of 6,000 liters, so again, if you make 10 liters per day, that's 3,600 liters per year, right, at max. Um, that means that you still have about 2,400 liters left in lifespan of your filter. The reason that not just us, but any company that uses filters for water recommend changing them annually, it's not because that filter has no lifespan left. It's that filters tend to grow mold after a year. And for safety, safety and health precautions, you change your filters. Yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense on the on the water side, you know, on the for taking fresh water, groundwater, turning it into clean drinking water. You've always, you know, you're probably dealing with even more particulates, yeah. even more components, right? In that, and that and makes that kind of makes that process even uh, even harder. I would imagine. Yeah, and you know, as I mentioned when you first asked the question, um, honestly, the biggest driving force. For why people purchased Car Pure was that they solely drink bottled water. And then when we find that, we asked them, why do they only drink bottled water? We're finding more and more, and this will continue to become more of a factor, and especially in the United States, that people are having traumatic experiences with their tap water, filtered or not, and they just entirely move away from it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to use it ever again. They've had some bad experience. They get some type of sickness or whatever from it, and they don't trust it anymore. Or, for example, somebody in Florida had mentioned that their town had alerted them that they had bacteria in their water. Even though the town said that it was bacteria-free, like a month later, never drank their tap water again. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It gets hard to trust um, at that point. Um, Brian's asking a question from the chat room. He says, have you found most interest? We're going to talk a little bit about pricing here and and maybe market segment just a second. But have you found most in, interested potential customers are businesses or individuals? What as as you did this first round? What are you seeing in the numbers? Yeah, so you know, I really focused heavily on the D to C direct to consumer mm. channel, understanding one thing that a lot of the technologies that are competitive to us. They are very industrial looking. They don't, not something you want to put in your home, nonetheless your office, it doesn't look good. And I put a heavy emphasis on design um, for Car Pure, and that really resonated with people. And we found that a lot of homeowners, a lot of individuals were our strongest uh, kind of customer base. Um, we do find that a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunity in the hospitality space, like the Four Seasons of the World and putting these into their suites and their lobbies, it just complements their brand. So we focused heavily on brand and consumer experience. You know, this is going to be in your home. You don't want to have to put in a closet. 
you want to put it out somewhere, make the conversation mm-hmm. piece. Yeah, it it does look nice. Let me we'll bring up the uh, you know bring up the product page on that, and it, we saw it in the video early here. Looks very nice. I don't have to run a water line to it, right? That's kind of I could put it anywhere. Yeah. It does require. I'm assuming it acquires power. Is it U.S. right now? Is it U.S. only? Are you guys shipping these overseas? Yep. How's that working? All over. Okay. So we ran the campaign globally. Um, we are now focused. The Indiegogo campaign was a global campaign. We actually just like a few days ago uh, limited it to North America and Australia. Um, and the rest of the world will be uh, trafficked through our website. Reason being is it's just more expensive to ship globally and manufacture globally. The U.S. is such a large base of our sales, it's easier to ship a container versus a few units elsewhere. Yeah. So $3,500 price point, how are you finding folks responding to that? And, and talk a little bit about that market segment. So we just released that price point. We had run the campaign, at, it's currently at, we just bumped it up from $1,799 to $1,999. Mm. And obviously that did really well. We crossed a million dollars not too long ago. And pre-sales, um, and as soon as we listed this, within one hour, we had two or three purchases. Hmm. So it's been really well received. Real well received. And I, I'll be honest with you, I won't think, I think that, I don't know if you, if you came across this yet. I actually didn't know why. We saw a huge spike in traffic on our website. We don't run any ads to our website. We don't run any promotions to our website. And then recently, someone that's a home maintenance person in my building sent me a video. And we were in that video. It has hmm. 4.5 million views. Wow. It's called Inventions of the Future by TechZone. And I was like, I didn't even know we were in that till two weeks later. So that's where the traffic came from. And a lot of the uh, conversions came from as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find for, for the average consumer, you know, thinking, uh, I mean, if you, I guess if you're prioritizing a fresh drinking water supply and you're in, you're, you're in a spot where, um, you know, even here in the United States where that is not, I mean, we do have some really poor pockets now, if you think of like Flint, mm-hmm. Michigan, right? Yeah. Um, do you find, are you getting any civic or do you, do you have any, um, have you had any like, you know, cities or municipalities contact you about scaling this out a little bit bigger? I know, you know, you're kind of doing it at the home level because that kind of makes sense. But has there been any talk of scaling this out to be any larger? Yeah, we have had so much opportunity from that campaign because it was so visible. We've had to waitlist people. We've become that person at this point. Like we, you know, we can't work with you. We don't have the capacity, the resources. Mm-hmm. So we've been shortlisting people. And there's just it, it, it's not to sound like you can just I'm super grateful for this, but we have so much opportunity. We're picking what works best for us based on financial models and sales and whatnot, mm-hmm. and who can who can help us grow sustainably. I, I tell my team every day, one foot in front of the other, don't bite off more than you could chew. You know, just do it right. Let's get this technology more mainstream. You know, it, the opportunity will always be there. It, you know, we'll, or we'll make it happen. But I don't want to go too, too fast. I want to get to grow sustainably and make sure the company can, you know, get into where it needs to when it can. So we're really focusing on the D2C, the home consumer now. We will look to move more into some B2B soon, some hotels, hospitality, some restaurants, coffee shops, spas, things like that. And then we'll look to get into the B2G later down the road. I want to, I also want to vet out the technology and develop it a little bit further yeah. for that. From, from an engineering standpoint is if I want 20 liters, is it just making it twice as big? Is it that simple or does it get harder Scaling because the math exactly. doesn't work? So it's volume of your space. So if I have a big room, it, there's a lot more water vapor in there, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's a stronger fan that will help pull in more water. Um, but it's still directly proportionate to the surface area of the desk camp that we're using. So in theory, could you... But I also I want to spend some time on that. Yeah, yeah. In, in theory, could you, if you had a fairly high uh, moisture content, and you could get maybe a bigger device in theory, does that work to generate, to be able to generate for like, I would think like a hotel, you may go through that a little bit faster or maybe they just do, they would they do multiple units instead of having one big unit yeah. Would they maybe install two or three of them. Would that work? Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's, that's the idea is that you, we look at these other products that do 30, 40 liters a day. And I'm like, it's, it's this, it's this deep. 
Yeah. And it's like this tall and it has this crazy techie interface. And I'm like, who are you selling this to? <laughs> Who's going to use that? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. We've seen some of those. We, we interviewed last year, we interviewed big, they're kind of big units. They've got big filters in them. Right. And they're, they're, they're doing a nice job, right? It's just a, it's a, it's a bigger kind of unit. You talked about, you know, this has really started kind of kicked off for you in 2018. Of course, we, we, you know, we've had a small little pandemic go sweep around the world. How, how has that affected if, you know, you're saying, hey, we're able to kill virus, right? We're able to, you know, this, this can pull it at, was there some concern during COVID that like, do we really want to be pulling things out of the air with, with COVID around? I, you know, just, you know, how people are unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> In that, yeah. You know, when I when we we knew that this was an air purification technology as well, mm-hmm. but we really didn't dive too deep into it. You know, you don't want to offer too many things and confuse people. Mm-hmm. Our primary offering is drinking water, right? So we had a third party during COVID. We had a third party lab test our technology um, against the flu virus, the H1N1 virus, which is the same structure as COVID. Um, and what we found was actually like astonishing. It had a 99.9% removal rate. Of the COVID of the flu virus in space, um, so you know, because we haven't been able to test it against COVID, we can't make the claim that it kills COVID, but it does kill the yeah. flu virus, which is yeah. pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good, it's a good test um, for sure. Do you find um, will you, will you approach it from an air purification, you know, space to see, or do you want to go ahead? I think we found our lane and we want to stick with it. You know what I mean? If people want to buy it for that, if that's your sole purpose and you're searching for something, you're like, I get an added benefit of water, by all means, that's you. That's for you, right? But if you want an air purifier, you're probably just going to look for specifically an air purifier. That's great. That's fine. But, you know, definitely down the road, we'll look too, but we want to stick to what our primary value prop is now. Yeah, it's a, it's, in, it's a space. It is a space. It's a whole nother space, right? When we think about uh, yeah. those, those that are out there. Um, any environmental, are there any environmental concerns if I'm, you know, the, the atmosphere has moisture in it. If I start, say this goes large scale and everybody starts pulling the moisture out of the air is, is there any concern that this could create, you know, every, the butterfly effect that it could have some kind of effect on the environment, in the environment long, long term, if we're all doing this? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. So. I had asked this question. Well, I said I had a statement. We went through a, uh, an accelerator program called Clean Tech Open in 2019. It's the world's largest clean tech accelerator. And um, I remember they were all focused on energy, 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 carbon emission, carbon reduction, carbon reduction. And I was like, what about water vapor reduction? But like, what do you mean? I was like, isn't water vapor the driving force of like hurricanes and storms? Mm. And it's actually the driving force of climate change, but it's related to the heat that's built up because of carbon. So if you drop carbon, you drop water vapor. But that's why we have harsher storms, harsher hurricanes, because so much water vapor is in the air because it's hot and then it rapidly condenses. You have this massive mm-hmm. storm that happens. And that's what keeps happening over and over again. So when you think about the question of like, where is our groundwater going? Because everyone asks that, like it's drying up, it's going away, right? That's what we always hear, but you never think about like where to go. It's just going into the air. Yeah. It's just transfer energy, right? So just going into the air. So we have a massive amount of water in the air. It became a new source. Of, it's a new lake. It's a new ocean in the yeah. air to tap yeah. into, you know? So it's yeah. definitely abundant. You, you've you experienced in California. You've experienced, and I grew up there. We we maybe had one of these the whole time I was growing up, but these atmospheric rivers that come in mm-hmm. off the of the- last couple weeks, yeah. <laughs> they come in and they just, I mean, it just dumps, right? And um, interesting, you know, same same kind of conversation we're having around carbon capture and you know putting that back in the ground there's some you know if you think about that if the if the if the air is holding more moisture than it did it seemed like it would be it would be kind of you know ripe for this kind of technology what about uh, are you you getting approached i i mentioned about you know municipalities maybe here in the united states but does this have third world implications as far as getting fresh drinking water to villages that don't have any um, that don't have that in, in any thought to adding some solar capabilities to take some power to get this, any thought to adding solar to make it completely off grid. Yeah. So that's one of the verticals we are definitely planning to get in there. You know, as we start off early, 
when you build any product with a battery in there, it's so much harder to import or export. Lots more customs and costs come with it. So we take we not not that we tabled it, but it's going to be later on. We wanted to get something out the door, you know, get that get the product out there. So having a battery in there is going to add some more complication because you need an inverter. Um, with the solar panels, you know, you'd have more space that you need to take up, even yeah. if you have roof space. So what the main thing that we're finding is just the electrification of the world is happening a lot more rapidly nowadays than it used to be. For example, I think almost every home in Australia has solar panels that feed into the grid. Yeah. Almost no, no, almost no energy is paid for anymore in Australia. So you know, when we think about things like that, the U.S. is also pushing very hard for renewables to become the primary source of energy, especially under the Biden administration, right? So we think about that and we say, well, do we really want to upsell people on solar panels, and or do we just keep going where we're going? And you know, at some point, it's going to get there pretty soon too, I think. Yeah. Um, so you know, as that comes into it, we will develop a technology to produce. It'll be smaller. Most people want to go bigger. I would rather go smaller. That takes a lot less energy. Be able to fit into your home. You know, the story you always hear, especially when we when we were in India selling, is that people they have these big RO systems in the center of a village that produce a lot of water. And you have to go there. You wait in line. You fill up your containers. It's the same thing as going to the river and filling it up like back, which still happens in Africa. Why do people? Why should people have to leave their home? You know what I mean? Like we don't leave our home. Why should they get something that would fit into their home? I find that more practical, a much better solution. So that's the direction I would go in if I were to develop yeah. this technology in a smaller scale. That would you know fulfill the need of a family, a small family, or in the village. It's good. It's a great answer. As we look at this design here, what would I expect from a power draw? You know, if I'm you know, there's some parts of the country you're in one of them where energy is pretty expensive. What would I expect from a power draw from, from a unit like this? Yeah, so we're doing, again, this is still pretty early stage. There's a lot of room for growth. And I always caveat that by saying compressor technology has been developed for the last, God knows how long, super long time. Compressor technology is way, way ahead. Desiccant technology, the last 20 years, maybe, like three or four companies have helped develop it. And a lot of research done there. There's a lot of room for growth and opportunity in there. And that's what makes me excited about this technology. One is sustainable, one is more environmentally friendly, it's quieter, and there's a lot of room for growth in the um, energy reduction that we use so far. So we're currently at 1.4 kilowatts per liter, which is pretty high, but we're gonna continually reduce that. And again, a 50% usage is what we're seeing. So that brings it down to about 0.7 kilowatts per hour that you're gonna see, because people are only using it 50% of the day. And that will then bring it down, depending, I'll use New York numbers, which is around 21 cents per kilowatt, about you know 13, cents, 12 to 13 cents per liter of premium drinking water that's equivalent to Fiji, mm -hmm. right? So it's pretty, pretty decent, especially if you're already buying bottled water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot better from a less plastic perspective. I mean, we, we totally. definitely have a plastic problem um, when it comes down to that. Here uh, here in Nebraska, pretty, uh, pretty wild temperature swings and pretty wild humidity swings. In the summer, I'm running an air conditioner to remove the the moisture from from the inside of my house. Uh, any thoughts on uh, uh, thinking about the placement of this condenser so I could get it in the optimal place? In the summer, it'd be optimal to have it outside. In the winter, of course, you wouldn't want that. I could freeze, right? So, any uh, when when we think of conditions outside of listen, I grew up in San Jose. I know how beautiful the weather is all year long. But the rest of us live in some pretty, you know, harsh conditions. Any thoughts on maximizing that to take advantage of the, the current conditions outside? Yeah, totally. So if you have central air, obviously don't put it over a vent, right? <laughs> you don't want to be competing with that airflow. You want to put it in an open space. You want to have at least six inches off the wall. We know it's going to be something that goes up against the wall somewhere like that or up against the surface. At least six inches from each vent off the wall. And you want to put it away again from any any vents that you have. Uh, additionally, the larger the space, the better. So if you're putting it into like a small dining room, may not be the best place. We want to put it in the living room or your kitchen if it's bigger, right? Whatever the biggest spaces you have that you can that you feel comfortable putting it into, that's what we recommend. Again, away from vents, six inches off the wall, largest space that you could put it in. Mm -hmm. Those will all help to you know overcome any uh, any volumetric changes of you know water vapor in the air because of your 
HVAC system on or heaters that are on. If I had a naturally damp room, I have a basement room that might just naturally hold water for whatever reason. Would that be like an ideal kind of situation? Yeah. You know, you you want this totally. near. You know, you wouldn't want it in the you know the bottom of the house in the corner because you want people to use it, right? But that t- uh, any any thoughts to being able to you know today I can I can fill from the device. Could I come off of that with some plumbing and maybe move that? Put it in one location and draw on it in another. When you say put on some plumbing, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I mean, say I have a basement corner that's just naturally very, very moist. I put it down there to capture that, but I really want to run some. I want to run a, you know, I want to run a hose up to the sink, so to speak, where I've got my, you know, I've got maybe one of those little water dispensers that I could do right off the sink. Any any way I could. And I'm not saying you built this in now, but a thought to being having a, you know, a water out that I could tap into to take it to another location. We've thought of both of those. So we've thought of a water line in just in case you have like no power and you want just water coming through your filters. You have healthy water. Yeah. Um, Or if you order supplements, say you're in an office space or something. Um, We've thought of that. We've thought of a water out that just requires a stronger pump. Or if it's, you know, if you have a system built in already that you could attach it to, um, it, it's not that complicated. You know, you just need a pump that can push the water depending on the distance that you're traveling yeah. to the faucet that you're going to totally. But I mean, you can also just, you know, get a jug of water, put it in your fridge from it, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, right on. Well, this is, these are, you know, uh, we're, we're thinking about these things all the time. It's like, okay, you know, the tech guys that listen to this show are always like, how can I maximize the output of this thing to the nth? You know, I want to get, you know, I, I, we, I, we probably have some listeners who would say, do you have an app associated with it? And can I monitor the inside? You know how much water is in the tank, where the filters are at from a changing perspective. Is that, is that available? Are you guys thinking about it? Talk a little bit about how do I monitor this thing? Yeah, so that's actually going to be coming out in this batch of units that we're that we're producing now for the Indiegogo campaign. Um, I, you know, you always have these visions of what you want. You want this amazing LCD screen, this amazing app, all these integration sensors, things that you can pull on and data, da da da. So we have, you know, we're going to do as much as we can. Obviously, not everything at once, but we will be having, you know, a flow rate sensor that'll tell you how many plastic bottles you've offset. You will have an app that will tell you when your filters need to be changed. You will have um, hot, cold, and room temperature water. So those things will be integrated on the LCD. Um, additionally, with this is a cool one. So recently, you know, we're a social, imp- we're, we're an environmental impact and social impact company, but first, you know, it's water. Got into the, the game to help bring water to people, not just design a pretty product. But um, we're gonna partner with this company called Ocean Bottle, which is very similar to what you mentioned about the bottle that tells you when you need to drink more water. This takes it to the next level where every liter that you fill into the bottle or that you drink, they contract somebody in a third world country to go remove a liter of plastic bottle waste or pollution. So they physically go take that bottle and those bottles they create are compressed of a thousand recycled plastic bottles. So we're integrating that into our system, into an AP, into the API, and every liter you pour, somebody will go physically pick up a bottle of water and you know, a plastic bottle that's in, in the ocean or wherever that country that has a lot of pollution, which is going to be really, really exciting Good. and awesome to get into. Good. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I think this is for, for my audience, they're going to want to see that LCD screen. That's got all the different stats and what am I doing and how's it working and how much have I used and you know, how, how much is it purified and what's the current humidity in the room? Yep, you know, that'll be there. Of, all that. Yeah some of those kinds of things. So there's, we're, you know, a lot of smart, you know, a lot of smart home, home automation uh, type, even, even with, you know, I point back here cause I have one of those, you know, Amazon devices to say, Hey, a lady, tell me how much water I have in the, in the tank, you know, type deal is all those things. I think those, um, those folks are looking for Cody, anything else that I missed? I got just a couple minutes with you and I, and, and you need to move on and you know, but anything else that I missed that, uh, that you want to cover on this as you think about uh, folks listening today? 
Um, I will say that, you know, this, um, I know it's a little plug, but the campaign isn't going to be up there forever. And that price point is going to go away pretty soon as we start to transition to our website for full e-commerce sales. You know, you offer the, the biggest discount that you can during a crowdfunding campaign. And that's what we did. So the price point that it is now, we tell everybody that's not going to be there forever. It's going to be the lowest price you can get it at. It's going to move towards the $34.99 price point very, very soon. So we're trying to encourage people if they want to get it, to get it in their order in soon. Additionally, the shipping will be put in, you know, well, it'll be shipped to you sooner than it would if you were to get it later on. So you save some money, get it sooner, and it's going to be the right time to get it. But, um, you know, I will say additionally on the technology side, um, it's definitely an up and coming technology. There's a lot of room for growth here and it's exciting. So, you know, anything that can localize, decentralize, that's, that's what the world, the way the world mm. is going. So really excited to be able to push this forward. And we're super excited for all the support that we got to get this technology so widely received and such a well-received audience of it as well. So we're super excited about that. So as of right now, the Indiegogo campaign has the best price. That's not going to be out there forever. Yeah. Is that is that right? And then, uh, or you can, and it will transition to purchase to the price I showed, uh, which is on the screen. So the Indiegogo price right now is what again? How much? Nineteen ninety nine. So two thousand. It will move to thirty four ninety nine pretty soon. Wow, that's a that's a pretty significant discount. That's that's pretty great. Okay, well. It was seventeen ninety nine a couple of days ago. We yeah. just bumped it up. So. <laughs> oh, I should have had you on sooner. Uh, well, that's yeah, okay. Right. I, even it, even it. I mean, that's a significant savings over, uh, you know, over what it will be available um, um, for. Cody, uh, one one last question. I just thought of. So you mentioned this smaller devices. Are you thinking maybe like a countertop device that would, when you think of smaller devices, that would less power, maybe a little more efficient, and then be able to hold five liters or something like that. Is that what you're thinking going forward in the future, possibly as, an, as another device? Yeah, absolutely. Not to give any trade secrets away yeah, because right. everyone likes to go bigger. Everyone, everyone likes to go bigger. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the, I like to do the opposite <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Find there's a niche in there all the time. So I would like to go smaller, have a very well-designed product that could fit on your countertop, you know, like your Nespresso's or something like that, that you actually looks nice. You enjoy having it there, something that's simple um, and be able to offer different types of water with your unit. That's what we want to get into is offering different mineral content, flavored, caffeinated, anything you can think of really, so that we can offer, you know, people more options here. Um, but yes, smaller countertop version, more energy efficient, less capacity, uh, just more accessible. Yeah, uh, take up less space if you don't have a lot of wall space, you know, so that you can uh, fit it into a smaller home. Yeah, I'd love to have it next. Obviously, to a lot my, more affordable. I'd love to have it next to my coffee maker because we use distilled water for that. You know, jugged distilled water, recycle the bottle, but still, it would make it nice to be able to when I need to fill up the you know, it's water reservoir just to take it from this and put it in that. And I would feel pretty confident that, that it would, although you keep the minerals right in your water, as opposed to a lot, the water, the still water has the minerals taken out so that it doesn't build up in that, right. You're keeping the minerals. Cause that's really, we do want to drink water with some minerals, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. good. Well, Cody, I know you got a hard stop, and uh, and I'll let you go. But thanks again. If you do, um, if you ever do get in a situation, you want to come on. You got anything new you want to talk about? Uh, uh, we'd love to have you back. So just uh, just ping me, and uh, I'd love to have you on. If you get a smaller unit, or you got some new technology coming, or you want to talk about some stuff, we'd love to have you back. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Well, what I was saying uh, before I get another random phone call is I will send you. Uh, a discount link just for this group so you guys get a special discount on the campaign so that will be i'll give you guys a 17.99 special discount link if anybody's interested in getting their own car pure so i'll Great. give you guys a special link when uh we hop off here yeah appreciate that that's always nice we'll have that in the show notes and available um to you and i'll try to get it if you can get it to me in the next day or so i'll put it on screen so folks can see it on the video so Cody, I know you got to run. I don't want to make you late. I don't want to be the mean guy who made you late for the meeting. So thanks for coming out and thank, I appreciate it. Good luck to you and, and everything that's going on and stay in touch with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, we'll do. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. It was a great time being on the show. Yeah. Uh, look forward to potentially come back on again later when we have yeah. some new products. 
Anytime. Just give me just give me a holler when you're ready to announce something and we'll have you on. Will do. All right. Yeah, great day. All right, Cody. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Couple of reminders, uh, Cody on his way out there, and a big thanks, uh, Cody Sodine again from from uh, from Cara Pure, or yeah, from Cara Water, who makes the Cara Pure. That's what we've been talking about, and uh, and a fun interview. Hope you guys enjoyed it out there. If you're listening live, uh, Uncle Marv says, "Cool tech." I think so. I think that's pretty sweet. Like, uh, you know, I'd love to have one of those. It, I'd actually. And I've been thinking about putting a water dispenser down here because I just don't drink enough water and his desktop version would be perfect. I could put it over here in the corner and it would encourage me just when I'm thirsty to just go, I know that's lazy. (laughs) It's totally lazy. Like Tim, you could walk upstairs and you probably need the steps anyways to go up the stairs and, you know, get water. But that'd be a cool little, that'd be a cool little device. Again, he'll give me the code. And uh, put it in the show notes for the seventeen ninety nine. That's a pretty great deal considering it's about half of what they're going to be uh, here off the website. So um, appreciate that. Brian says thanks as well. And uh, just an overall great guy. We will hoping to have him back as well. Hey, a couple reminders on the way out. One is the end of the month, uh, the end of April. Uh, so not this month because it's already the end of the month. At uh, the end of April, uh, the 28th, we're going to do a tech news roundtable. And all we're going to do is if you've got some news that you want to talk about and you've got, I'm giving you a couple weeks to kind of get ready for this, but uh, invite you on if you've got, you know, it, it basically it's just a roundtable. It'll be, it'll be me and three others, maybe you listening, coming to talk about some tech news. And uh, we're going to give this, this uh, roundtable format a try. Send me an email. If you're interested in joining for that, I need a link to a news item. So it needs to be, can't necessarily be, well, depends when you submit it, but can't necessarily be cutting edge in the moment like that day, right? We need a little bit of time, but uh, it can be other things. And I'm not going to be able to take them all. If I get a ton of them, we'll have to figure it out. If I don't take you this time, maybe we'll take you next time. But send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. And, um, and we'll see, see if we can get it. April 28th, we'll give that, uh, we'll kind of give that a try. John Biggs is with us, I think, next week, talking a little bit about health tech. Let me double check that here just to make sure. Yeah, John's with us. And uh, he's been prepping me with uh, what he's getting ready for. So you're probably going to want to be here next week to be a part of this. And um, oh, so he's coming out. And then got to schedule something for the 14th. Rich Hay is coming on. We've got that roundtable on the 28th. Paul Brarens coming back on the 5th of May. Aaron Lawrence is scheduled uh, uh, again for the 12th. So we've got some good stuff coming up for you. Just might want to get ready for. Don't forget, you can join me for the YouTube premiere. We do these every, we do this at noon, every Saturday noon, noon central, and uh, uh, theaverageguy.tv slash YouTube if you want to join us. A couple of us chat. This is kind of fun. Last couple of weeks, I haven't had anybody. So I'd love to have you. So come out and join us on Saturdays. It's a little lonely by myself. You know, I'm just sitting there waiting for you to chat with me. So. Get out there. Theaverageguy.tv slash YouTube. Love to have you out every Saturday noon central. Then a big thanks to Gavin Campbell, who joined us last week. We talked about his his Unify and uh, Eero setups. I almost said Ubiquity, but Unify. Got a lot of great comments from you on that. Uh, a lot of, Neil, thank you for your feedback and some details on that. Always great. Gavin, thanks for coming on and being a part of it. And uh, enjoyed that um, as well. Uncle Marv says in the chat room, he says, uh, like you, I'd love to have that next to my coffee maker as well. Smaller units could be um, huge. You know, as I was saying that, Marv, one of the things I was thinking, I don't want the minerals. I'm trying to get the minerals out. That's why I use that heavily distilled water because it has the minerals taken out. I don't want that building up in my coffee maker. So that wouldn't work in that sense because they leave the minerals in. We really need to be drinking water with minerals, right? That's good for us. Our bodies were kind of made to do that and uh, or evolved, however you feel about that, uh, to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, as I kind of thought that through, I thought, well, okay, maybe I wouldn't feed that directly with the minerals in place. Because, of course, the minerals build up on the heating device, some of those kinds of things. So, um, Brian says, uh, always fun to do a show Saturday mornings when I can. I've had a couple prior obligations the last couple of weeks and another this weekend. I hope to join again soon. And you can too. 
uh, Saturday, uh, those Saturday mornings, noon central, be a part of it. We are live. Oh, and I should say big thanks to to Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from those that you know and you trust. And, of course, that's Christian. Does a great job. I'm actually behind on getting Cyber Frontiers out. Probably get it out this weekend. Probably do it tomorrow. And um, and so if you haven't resubscribed to Cyber Frontiers, you might want to. Just a show we'll be working on and getting kind of back back up to speed. Once a month, just one a month, one hour a month, you could you can subscribe to it. Big thanks again, Cody Sodine, who joined us uh, from from um, you know Kara Water and the Kara Peer devices that we talked about, and I hope to have him back uh, talking about that stuff. That stuff just fa- I, I I love that stuff. And again, I have a code, I have a coupon code that I may be showing on the screen right now. I hope I have it. If you're on YouTube, I'm showing it on the screen right there. Probably won't last forever. So if you're going to take advantage of it. It's a big investment, but I don't know. Maybe you're in a situation where you kind of need some clean water. If that works for you, uh, use the coupon code that's available there. We are live every third. Oh, I should say, hold on. Before I do that, I didn't do the beer pour. I, I wanted to get right to right to Cody. So I, I was down at our local big box. There's, we have a big box liquor store here in Omaha that hadn't been to yet. And I went to this Sunday, picked up some Kentucky bourbon barrel aged strawberry ale pretty good not gonna lie it was pretty good it's on sale it was 4.99 for four bottles it's like yeah why not why wouldn't i try that so pretty good pour tonight let's see who who makes this uh ancient bourbon barrels Ooh, eight percent that could have been dangerous um, ale with natural flavors, agent oak barrels. Who is the manufacturer on this thing? I guess I should have looked in advance, so I'm not Kentucky proud. I guess the, the brand is just Kentucky, Kentucky bourbon barrel ale. There you go. It's pretty delicious. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Thanks to everybody, um, Brian, Marv, Ken, I saw a little bit out there earlier. Rick, thanks for coming out. Joe and Ken, I said twice. Thanks for coming out. We'll be back next Thursday with John Biggs. With that, we'll say goodbye.